Fred Bear once said, immerse yourself in the outdoor experience. It will cleanse your soul and make you a better person. Welcome to the Rooted Outdoors Podcast, where we dive deep into the mental, emotional, and spiritual side of hunting. And now your hosts, Dave Ashworth and Corey Bauman. Welcome to the Rooted Outdoors Podcast. I'm your host for tonight, Dave Ashworth, and I don't have my buddy Corey, my co-host on here tonight. He is tied up with some things, but we have such a cool guest on tonight, and this was when we could do it, so we wanted to get him on, get him in. Um, we uh, Just someone that I've followed for a long time. I just love what he's doing and the content he that he puts out, so we're going to skip all the updates, skip all the intro stuff tonight, and dive right into the podcast. So on tonight, we have Stephen Fuller of the Hunting Grounds, and I made sure that I, I said that right. It is Hunting Grounds, <laughs> I think. So, um, but, but Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me here tonight. Yeah, you bet. I'm glad we're able to make it. Uh, yeah, you said it right. It's the hunting grounds. We're from. I'm from Arkansas originally, and now I live just over the line in Missouri. And so we do say hunting. We're we're from the hillbillies here, from from the Ozarks. And so yeah, you got it right. I like it. Happy I to be like on. It. Perfect, perfect. So, I I I think it would be better if I let you kind of introduce yourself rather than me. Uh, hacking my way through an introduction. So why don't you okay. just tell our listeners more about yourself um, and, and what you're up to as far as the, the hunting side of things goes. I, I know who you are, and I'm sure a lot of the okay. listeners will as well. Uh, but for some people that don't, maybe just share a little bit about that, and then we'll go from there. Awesome. Well, um, yeah, Stephen Fuller, I've, uh, owner of the Hunting Grounds. So we've been doing that uh, YouTube series now. Uh, it's crazy to think about it. It's probably going on about 12 years now. So about five or six years really doing it kind of at the full-time level with the full sponsorships and really, you know, taking it to that next level because, you know, like everybody, I, I was even told trying to get into this industry that I might as well give up. You know, I had a lot of people just that would badmouth me or, you know, just try to, try to get me down just to give up on it. And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm not necessarily trying to make an industry. I'm trying to make an impact. You know, that's, that's the big thing that I try to do. I felt like God kind of led me to do this. Um, I got after high school, you know, all I knew is that I wanted to hunt. I've been doing management stuff um, since I was a kid. Like literally as soon as I could like pick up a stick and start like going out and like hitting briars and like clearing paths and then realizing that deer would come in there and browse and all that kind of stuff. I started like managing my land. I got into food plots before food plots were even like that big of a thing. So I knew Mm -hmm. I wanted to go into something in the outdoor industry, whether it be um, a game warden or whatever. So I went in, I got my degrees in conservation, wildlife management, field biology. I even got another degree in communication arts. And um, after that, I, I taught for a couple of years in the private sector in um, high school biology, basically, and really felt like God was calling me going, you know what, you've got such a passion, I want you to teach like in a, another level. So I've taken a lot of leaps of faith over the years, um, and anyway, you know, I, I started doing these land management for small properties, cost-effective management techniques for small properties, because 
I got tired of seeing these shows that were had thousands of acres and had thousands of dollars, and I did not have that, and I felt like most people didn't. And so I wanted to experiment and, you know, like when we started on our place, you know, we would see like a spike or four corn and get excited. So I wanted to get to a point where, you know, we could see bigger deer and harvest bigger deer on, you know, 15 acres, which five acres of it took up the house. It started organically there to start doing techniques and started producing it every week and people asked for more, um, started getting some notice from companies and they started making some deals and I thought I had made it when I got my first like That's free right. product. I got a fr- right. I got a free blind and I was like, "Oh my gosh, Let's you know, go, like, I've made it." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that was pretty cool. Um so it's just grown into what it is today. We reach organically like a year right now just on our platform that we have. Um on social media, I think we reach like 60 million people, which is pretty cool. Um and then, you know, like before we started this, you know, we talked about I don't think anybody that really know in the outdoor industry just full-time just does nothing but hunt and so i actually uh, work full-time for dry shot at the same time who partners with me and the show and we see eye to eye on things and i do all their social media marketing all their marketing period i do all their tv production for the commercials uh that you'll see out there on all the networks so um, I do a lot of that. That's my full-time gig besides the full-time of the hunting grounds, but you know, it works hand in hand. It really works well. And, um, I'm enjoying what I am doing and I'm extremely blessed to be here. That's where I'm at right now. And I couldn't ask for more. It's very cool, man. It's, it's important to love what you're doing and it. I can right. just hear it in your voice that this is something that you love to do. And also something even probably more importantly, I know we'll get into this more, but something that you feel like right. you've been called to do, um, right. like a higher calling. So we'll, we'll talk more yes. about that later. But one of the things for me that, that, uh, drew me to your channel and draws me to, you know, what continue to watch it is, um, like you said, the, the relatable aspect of it is the, the smaller properties, the cost effective management, like there's a lot of people out there, like you said, that, you know, I'm not taking away from what they're doing. They have like their, the right. videos they put out and the things that they put out are incredibly entertaining, Yeah. Um, right. but they're just not as relatable. Um, you know, I, I, I don't have access to a thousand acres that I can manage strictly for whitetail. I know most people don't. Some people have been blessed with that and that is awesome. That is one of the coolest things ever. But I think that relatability is really what separates you um, from a lot of other other people. So what what kind of drew you to uh, talking about that type of stuff and, and wanting to help people? Was it just the fact that that's kind of the direction that you took or were placed into in life? Or was there something else driving like you like enjoying that and enjoying helping other people with that? Man, that's that's a good question. Um, you know what? I I just felt like God's been directing my path like my entire life. Like, don't get me wrong. There's there's been times that I've strayed, and there's there's been times that I've questioned a lot. Even when I feel like I'm on the path that I am supposed to be on, going, you know, do I need to go a different way? But, um, you know, it's just very like from the beginning. Like I've had such an instilled passion of being in the outdoors and connecting with people in the outdoors. And so when this came to be the hunting grounds that I was like, you know what, like it's going to be faith based. And I believe like it's, you know, once you decide that you're going to be faith based, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of shows out there that 
proclaim to be that, and then you watch their shows and they don't live it in their lifestyles. Um, but there was just something that I didn't want to be over the top. And so um, even with our show, we are faith-based, but you won't see us just cramming scripture down your throat. It's all about connecting with people. When I started this, I was like, you know what? Like Sometimes the hunters are some of the hardest people to reach. Uh, for one, they're usually carrying a weapon, you know, so you don't want to say anything to offend them. But then secondly, like, you know, with this, I've just always been connected with the land and I feel like, you know, God has given it to us to manage and to subdue and the, you know, to manage and to pass on to future generations. And that's a connection that I have with people. You know, I can tell them that I'm not just doing this for me. Like, don't get me wrong. I love doing it, but I believe that we're in, you know, been instilled on this earth to do that. You know, like he's got creation. We're to manage it and, to, you know, to make sure that it's here for the longevity. And so um, in that, I hope I kind of answered it. I've just since the very beginning felt like I was led to do this. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's been a challenge. Like there's there's a lot of ups and downs. There was a lot of, you know, I'm going to work 60 plus hours a week and then come home and, you know, work like 30, 40 hours, you know, and get no sleep and try to make this into something and doing that for, you know, however many years that was five, six plus years and questioning everything and then having family mm -hmm. question it too, because it's just like, you know, is it worth it? Like, what are you doing here? Like nobody gets to achieve that. Um, but I felt like God was just, I mean, he was opening the doors and it was not easy, but I just had to keep grinding it out and here I am. Yeah. Yeah, it's so cool from, you know, a lot of people probably would look at you and the success that you've had um, and just think like, oh, yeah, he just and they come up with some reason for it of, yeah. you know, he got lucky or right. he has just been doing it for a while or whatever. But they fail to see like those times where you were up for a day and a half, two days straight right. working on this and grinding on this and people telling you that you shouldn't be doing this or you can't do this. Um, yep. You know, uh, it, you just don't get to see that and hear that as much. Um, right. So I think it's really cool to, you know, for you to be able to share that side of it and the people to realize that like this, this does take a lot of work to get here. Um, a lot. <laughs> but you've earned <laughs> yeah. it, right? Like this is what you've, what you've earned because you've put in the work and you're also following what the plan that God has laid out for you as well. Um, you know, I want to kind of back up a little bit um, and because you're, you're just very passionate about hunting, about the outdoors. Yeah. So I want to yeah. just get a foundation of that. Um, and it's a very simple question. Um, but at its deepest level, why do you hunt? Hmm. Uh, that just goes back to just there's something in, ingrained in us like. I believe that, uh, you know, like when God created us, when God created the animals, he, he just ingrained like what they were supposed to eat, how they were supposed to act, how they were supposed to find their mate, you know, and it's instilled in us too to, to hunt and to, to manage this. You know, it's, it's like, it's from the very beginning, like that's where, um, I don't know, that's, that was our connection with even Adam and Eve. Like it was just in, in the middle of creation and, um, I, I guess that I felt like, I just feel like I'm supposed to be there, you know, like I, I feel an enjoyment of seeing how everything works together from the management aspects to, 
and how that affects the population and you know whatever it is like I don't know I just felt like I'm led to be out there it's not and people can give you the excuse oh I hunt for meat you know and this day and age there's probably not anybody out there that even hunts for meat anymore there there maybe is a select few out there that you know have some rough times and um, I definitely benefit from it because it's all we eat but uh, now it's because I just like I feel like it's God leading me out there to do this. Yeah. That makes yeah. sense. No, 100%. I mean, that's why I asked that question is because there's there's a lot of those, you know, very surface level answers and again, like I'm not taking it away from people that I'm sure there is some people out there that are truly just hunting for meat to right. feed their family. But I think a lot of people say that and there is something deeper there. Um, and you're talking about how everything is working together. Um, and that's like, to me, that's painting like a beautiful picture of what the creator has given us to enjoy, right? It's how everything works together and then how we can connect with him by taking part in all of that is really a beautiful thing. really is a beautiful thing. And so, you know, the idea of everything working together is a great, you know, a, a great reason, you know, at a truly deep level um, of why why we all, in many ways, choose to hunt and feel like it's something that we're drawn to, for sure. Right. Um, so, one thing that, and this is another question that is different for everybody, um, and, and for you it might be a two-part question, um, but... I like to hear, because I feel like this, um, there's a lot that you can dive into in this question, but, you know, how you define success in the woods. Uh, And for you, it could be success from a hunting standpoint and also a land management standpoint, or maybe those two are married together for this question. I'm not sure. Um, But for what is, I guess, just in general, what does success look like for you? I would say at the deepest level, success for me out in the hunting woods would be to learn every time I'm out there. Like as basic as it is, that's what it is for me. Like um, there is kind of a two part answer to that because as a management aspect, yeah, you know, if I'm going on my personal property that I've instilled, you know, just like thousands of hours in and thousands of dollars, you know, over the years working on there's success there to be like, man, that deer walked right by my deer stand just like I knew he would. Or there's that buck I've been watching for three and a half years now. And, you know, I'm smoking him this year. I'm going to wait for (laughs) him next year. So there's that as well. But for me, as just like, as for hunting, if I can go out and it doesn't matter, like it's turkey season here in Missouri. We've been open for three days. Um, you know, it seems like you kind of get your feet wet and uh, mess up a few times, even though they're stupid elementary mistakes that you've you've known forever. But it's the beginning of the season. You're going to mess up. It's going in. And if you have those hunts and you can take something away and you've learned from it, that's what's successful in it. It could be that the hunt went terribly wrong. That turkey busted you, that deer busted you or you saw where they were coming in, or you you read something in their body language that taught you something, that's success for me. Right. So a lot of people would probably say success is killing the animal that they're after, I would guess, right? right? 
And I and I feel like that is a dangerous way to approach success when it comes to hunting for many reasons. Yeah. But curious your take on that. Like is if if my <laughs> if I say okay, if I don't go into the woods today and kill the animal that I'm after, like that is a waste of a day. That is not a successful day. Um for you, like why do you think that that because that's not the approach that you take. Why do you think that that approach that probably most people take is a dangerous approach? Oh, I believe it is dangerous. I, I believe they aren't. To me, I wouldn't enjoy it. You know, don't get me wrong. I've killed some great deer and I've killed some deer that people would laugh at. But I have, I enjoy every minute of it out there. I really enjoy my time hunting. Like, I'm not out there to impress anybody with what I kill. You bet I'm going to capture it. I'm going to share it with them and I hope they enjoy it. But um, yeah, when you go out there with that mindset, you know, like there's not a day that, <laughs> that I'm going to go, I, I, I got that turkey hunt an hour today. I was on conference mm-hmm. calls this morning. We can only hunt to one o'clock today. And I had an hour because I had another conference call and I went out and turkey hunted and turkeys weren't responding. Finally got one to call off right there at the very end. And that was it. You know, if I went out with their mindset, like I have to kill to enjoy this time out there, I would have walked away angry. But because I was even out there for an hour and got to enjoy it and take something away from it. Like, I don't know. That's, that's enjoyment to me. Like, I feel like they aren't going to enjoy it. And it's, it's dangerous because I believe that they're going to be angry, but they're also going to be the people that are pro I'll be honest that those people are probably going to be the people that are not going to take somebody else in the outdoors and they aren't going to, uh, hopefully, you know, grow this outdoor, uh, it's not really an industry, but the outdoor um, community, I guess whatever you, community. Yeah. There you go. That's the word I'm looking for. And those people aren't going to be the ones to do it because their their goal is to go kill that one deer. It's not to enjoy their time out there. It's not to take somebody else out there. So I think it's a dangerous mindset to be in. Don't get me wrong. Like there is success too that if you have this target buck on your mind that you've you've watched grow up or you just randomly got on trail camera and you went out and you, you took that, that deer, then that's success. Yes, that should be awesome. But, um, yeah, I, I just wouldn't be able to enjoy it if I went out there and, uh, you know, gauged, um, enjoyment on if I was successful on killing something or not. Right. Right. No, it makes, it makes sense. It, it's, it, I feel like as humans, it would be impossible for us to go out and say, okay, I'm going to be successful if I kill something and then not, and then not have negative emotions of like anger and disappointment and frustration. Like that's just naturally what's going to come from that. And we shouldn't be having those emotions really in anything that we're doing. Like if we're constantly, because the reality is 98% of the time that we go hunting, we're not going to kill something probably. Like that's what (laughs) hunting is, right? And so if you're going to if you're going to 98% of the time be frustrated and angry, then something needs to change. Like you have to readjust what your definition of success is or else you're going to be in a bad emotional and mental state a lot of the time. And from what I've found too, and I'm sure you have as well, but I, you know, I'll kick this over to you after I answer, you know, I've found that when I'm not in a good state, and I leave a hunt frustrated or angry that that tends to carry over into other parts of my life and other relationships. And that is not a good thing. Yeah. I would agree with you on that for sure. 
I mean, if if they're judging on, you know, six, you know, killing something as being, you know, the enjoyment or like going to make them happy, then they might want to find uh, another hobby. Right. <laughs> I don't know That's what right. would give you, uh, you know, 98%, you know, success rate and, you know, <laughs> that kind of deal out there or happiness. But um, uh, they, they really have to adjust their mindset for sure when you go out there. So That's right. That's right. Um, one thing that you mentioned while you were talking there, and I know that it is um, important for you just watching your videos is introducing people and taking people hunting and introducing them to the outdoors why why do you feel like because i feel the same that's something that has been placed on our hearts we we've done some different youth hunts and and taken people out um for their first hunts many times Um, it's just something that we feel like is important to do why do you feel like that's something that you know as as hunters is important for us to be doing yeah, uh, well, it's building that community. I mean, it's regardless if you look out there. I mean, uh, the the numbers are shrinking. Uh, don't get me wrong. There's there's a lot of stuff that's not, you know, 100% where it should be out there as far as deer populations or turkey or whatever, depending on each state. But you, it's it's part of growing that community and making sure that this there's a future there in hunting. Um, I don't know. I, there's so many people on that, you know, maybe it's just because everybody focuses on trophies now as far as like, don't get me wrong. I love a big buck and stuff too. And I love the big trophies, but, um, there's so many hunters out there now that that's the only thing that they're focused on where, um, if they can't kill that big buck, then, you know, that's all they're going to focus on all season. Um, and I've been there, I've done it. Um, and I'm not proud of it either because when you do that, it takes your focus off of everything else. It takes it where you aren't going to think about, okay, maybe I should take my nephew, my niece, um, these kids in the community that don't have uh, a mother or father to take them or anybody in the outdoors. And so I do it for one, just because I feel like it's what we're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, just as hunters, we're exposed to, we're supposed to teach the next generation um, and pass that on. And then as far as the show goes, I believe that, you know, it's, it's by the support of our viewers and followers and stuff. It's the reason I'm here. And if, if I can't give back, if I can't take a kid, if I can't do a hunt giveaway, then I don't deserve to be in the spot that I'm in kind of deal. So that's why I've always done that. Even with the show. Yep. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I'm sure you would agree with this as well. You know, for me, you know, obviously my faith, uh, in Christ and, um, you know, other factors that being the most, but one of the things that has, that has shaped me into the person and the man I am today is the time that I've been able to spend outdoors and the things that I've overcome in the yeah. outdoors oh, yeah. and just all the lessons that I've learned. And I feel like it's truly can be life changing. Even, even just one experience for somebody yeah. to yeah. sit and enjoy God's creation and all the beautiful things it has to offer can change someone's life in one day. And I feel like, and I know you would agree that we owe it to people to give them that opportunity, to give them yeah. that chance to experience it, to experience in that yeah. could, could potentially change their life. Could potentially change 100%. their life. 100%. Um, yeah, yeah. Seen it and heard it both. Yeah. Yep. That's right. That's right. Um, you know, as, as we were talking there, I uh, just wanted to just kind of get your take on something that I feel like has become a big issue, especially just in the hunting community, um, is the idea of 
uh, comparison between different hunters and different people, um, you know, and what is a trophy to one person and what, you know, it might not be a trophy to somebody else and how, I don't know. I just feel like there's been so much building negativity and, and looking yeah. at other people and what they're doing and, well, I wouldn't shoot that deer, so they shouldn't, or I don't do this, so they shouldn't. Yeah. And there just seems to be so much of that now. Um, and, you know, from what I've seen, I, your your channel and what you do is very good at just encouraging people for whatever, you right. know, makes them happy. And so I guess, you know, two parts question to you is why, how, how did we get here? Right. Because I don't know if it was like this, you know, 10, 20 years ago. Maybe it was. I don't know. I've seen yeah. it get worse personally. So how did we get here and what do we need to do to, to stop this whole like comparison thing and just be happy for each other as hunters? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a tough one there. I mean, that's that's something that would get me fired up. I'll tell you that you might not want to be on the, no, <laughs> on we're the podcast good. forever because I'll just I'll talk. But uh it's divisions in this industry and in, in the community, and it, it frustrates the tar out of me. Um, it's something that I'm pretty passionate on. I've had some pretty <laughs> viral rants on our page uh, yep. about these things. And, yeah, you know, a trophy is a trophy in the eye of the beholder. I always tell people that, and I'm like, you know what, as long as they are legally doing it, hunting and harvesting, as long as it's legal, like we should support them as hunters. Um, and I would t you, you've asked like, how did we get to this point? Did it used to be like this? And it, no, it didn't. Like, um, I'm 36 years old. And you know, when I started hunting as a kid and we had to go check in our deer at the local Walmart, like there was, we had like the little photo album on the counter and, you know, I couldn't wait to go in there to see where mine stacked mm -hmm. up. Like, Oh, is it still one of the better ones? Yeah. You know, or, Oh, oh, Billy or Bobby or whatever, they got one too. You know, I love doing that. But there was never a time that I would go in there and that anybody would ever shame me. Like, well, I can't believe you didn't, you shot that smaller buck. I can't yep. believe you even shot that buck. There was none of that. It was a community that supported every hunter and they were thrilled for every hunter. They wanted to hear the story, they wanted to talk about it, period. Um, so, it and I would say the biggest factor of what has changed that has been probably the hunting industry. Um, it's it's the, probably advertisements and the push for things that are out there. I mean, it's the management. Like you'll, people are pushing. Yeah, of course. I love big mature deer, and yep. you have to pass them to to get them to that older stage. To, you know, to harvest bigger bucks. I've done that since I was a kid. I've I was killing deer at, you know, 13, 14 years old that guys that were 60 had never even had an opportunity yet because I was passing so many. But uh, it's, I think a lot of the industry has just, you know, instilled that, not on purpose. I don't think the industry is like yeah. trying to create divisions or anything like that, but it's on, it's in human nature, I guess, the to kind of click up and group up. There's the crossbow guys that are dedicated to crossbows. And then you got part of the compound community. that's like, man, I can't believe you'd even hunt with those. And yeah. then there's, it, there's so many divisions out there. There's divisions between different camos. It gets pretty <laughs> ridiculous out there in the industry. But I think 
accidentally that has happened. How we reverse that, I don't know. It starts, I think, by having conversations like this and bringing awareness. Right. Right. Um, and I, I think it takes people also stepping up to the plate and saying, you know, this is, <laughs> this is not right. We've got to change this. And we, you're right. We try to do that on the show. There's, I've made a point just to, to listen to every story that I don't care if I'm in Walmart or if I'm traveling, whatever. If someone shows me a picture of deer. And it's it's smaller than I'd shoot, or a lot of times these people are killing bigger deer than I even have a chance at. But I'm never going to be like, man, I can't believe you did that. I want to be excited for them because they're excited about it. Um, and I think that's a part of the reason, too, that you're seeing part of this hunting community like starting to shrink. Like we aren't growing like we should is because people are scared to, you know, those first time hunters, they're scared to get in there and kill their first deer and it be a, a doe or a spike or fork corn or anything like that because of what backlash they're going to get from these guys that they look up to that their buddies at hunt and everything else you know and they i don't think i mean you know as well as i do how long does it take for you to actually kill a decent buck i mean some people oh, yeah. get lucky sure. <laughs> but It'll, it uh, could you know, happen it, but if you it, it could very unlikely very unlikely right and so it's like you know for that first time hunter to get in like we should be passionate about whatever they want to harvest legally you know and if three years down the road it takes them to kill like a really nice buck then that's what it is i mean that we've all yeah. got to start somewhere um so yeah we, we're trying to change that on our show how i we're just we're being you know we're making people aware of it but i i don't know how else to change it but that's where yeah. i think it's kind of uh, stem from is the the management perspective like from the industry talking about getting age class getting bigger bucks getting you know the next pope and young or boone and crockett and really putting the main emphasis on the score you know like mm. i'm i'm a hillbilly i live in the ozarks like i've i've scored two deer out of all my deer my entire life because <laughs> it's just not worth it to me but uh yep. that's the way it goes yep yep yeah i mean i think the you know, what you're talking about is, is people, people stepping up and having these conversations, but then also people, you know, like you who truly have a voice in the industry, right? People watch your stuff. People follow along They're, they're They want to know what you think. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think there's a lot of people that, you know, have a platform, you know, something like what you have that are scared to talk about it because they're afraid of the backlash on themselves and losing, you know, some credibility or losing some followers. And so I, I just want to commend you for stepping up and not being afraid to share what needs to be shared in this time, because there is truly, there is so much division among us and we all love to hunt, right? We all love to hunt and we all love to enjoy creation and be outside and it should just end there. Right. However right. we go about doing that, like you said, if as long as we're doing it legally, however yeah. we go about doing that, we should be excited for each other and encourage right. each other uh, in that right. pursuit of enjoying something. Um, and right. it should be that simple. Um, I, I, one thing that I've found, and I'm curious your take on this, that I think has also been a really big hurdle. And I know for me personally, you know, I uh, obviously I'm not going to get into like my journey, but I've had my own struggles with, um, comparing myself to other people and seeing what other people yeah. are doing. And it's been like, it's gotten me to points where like, I, you know, wasn't quote unquote having the success, like we talked about yep. that I wanted to, 
to where like I was at points where like I really didn't even want to hunt anymore. And a big part of that for for my journey um, was the social media side of it, where you see people uh, posting pictures or telling stories, but you're not getting the, the full picture of what is going on. Um, and then you look and you're like, well, look at that guy. He's doing it and I'm not, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you have no yeah. idea what went into him doing that. He could have been, you know, hunting, you know, 100 days a year for 10 years to get there. He could have got <laughs> lucky. He could have been hunting yeah, on a 2,000-acre yeah. farm in Iowa. <clears throat> you don't know. But as humans, our mind sees somebody and the first thing we think is, well, look at him like that that should be me or why why can't I do that and I know that that for me you know has caused a lot of struggle and a lot of anxiety for me as it relates to hunting I'm curious your take on just the whole social media thing um, if if you see that being like an issue um, with with other people in in hunting and that kind of comparison type thing oh yeah for sure I mean personally let me just take it to personal level like it's not, um, I would say I've never struggled with the point of seeing people's success in as far as harvesting and going, you know what, like maybe I want to not hunt anymore. Like I've yeah. never gotten to that point, but as far as the side of the social media side and seeing people's success in shows, let me just take it there. Like, I'll be real honest. Like, um, I've been doing this for a while and you know, I didn't instantly, grow my numbers and just blow up it's it's been an uphill climb all the time um but you know you'll see like these new shows come up and you're like man they just exploded and they have (laughs) crazy numbers that have beaten me and i've been here for you know so many years but you start judging you're like well i got bigger numbers here and i'm doing better here and and it it shouldn't be that i've had that mentality and it is um it will it's been pretty much depressing at times. I mean, to be honest with you, it's like, it makes you question things and you want to go, you know what? Maybe I just want to give up on this. You know, my numbers aren't as good as theirs. You're, you know, their content's better than mine, you know? Um, And it gets you questioning that in your head. And um, that's just where I just really had to, to be honest, had to just kind of step back and just uh, clear my head and just talk to God on it and go, you know what? This, I know it's where you want me to be, but I'm struggling here. Hardcore. Um, and I had to just kind of get myself corrected there. Uh, I've done it, been there. I'll, one of the biggest times I'll give you a story here that, that I learned a lot. Um, I learned a lot from failures. I'll tell you that, like, as far as management, as far as hunting, I learned a lot from failures. And so, um, I'll, I will say, yeah, I probably know a lot, but it's not just because <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I was educated. It's because I have failed a lot. Um, but when I first got into the point where I was kind of transitioning to doing the hunting grounds like full time, like where the stuff that was bringing in the paychecks I could do on my own time and then really put a lot of time in the hunting grounds. And so I was like, you know what? People are going to expect big things of me. I've got to, I've got to stop killing these, you know, one twenties, you know, sometimes one thirties and, you know, I've killed some bigger in there, but I was like, all right, this year, you know, people are expecting big things out of me. I've got to, I've got to do that 150, 160 or better. And I got through that season and that was the first year I, in my entire life, I've never harvested a buck in Arkansas. 
um, where, where I grew up. And, um, and it was because I had passed up so many deer that I would have been super excited to take that at the end of the season, I was kicking my butt for going, I should have just shot that because I would have enjoyed it. I would have captured it on film and showed my enjoyment on that. But instead I am angry and I have never been angry while sitting here hunting, but I am because I'm angry at myself for, um, letting this get to my head. So that's where I've experienced the social media side is seeing and comparing myself to everybody else's numbers. And that's maybe what the hunters are doing too. Maybe they're out there and they're somebody's he's killed a 140 and you've killed a 140, but here he is, he's got, you know, 5,000 likes and you've got 30 <laughs> on there and you're judging things. And I think we have to get past that. And you said it earlier. I think we just have to be happy for each other and um, just know that, it's not about the likes or about the reach or whatever. If you're doing what you felt like God's led you to do, that's what I'm doing here on the hunt grounds. And uh, you just have to be uh, content with that. But yeah, yeah, there's definitely some big influence out there with the social media aspect. Yeah. Now I, man, I appreciate you sharing that and just being, being real transparent. You know, it's to me, like if we want to make changes in this industry and make changes for the better, you know, it really takes people like you who are willing to share that like, hey, you know what, like I did struggle with this and 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 that's okay. Like that's okay. Like we can have these conversations, we yeah. can talk about these things because these are the things that like, you know, you post a picture, you shot a big buck, but you didn't see like all the struggles and anxiety and things right. that, that you've yeah. had over the years. All you see is a picture of a deer and then the next guy is like, man, like, well, I, I should be shooting to 160 or I should be doing this or that, right? And it's like this, yeah. it's this nasty cycle and that's where people need to start talking about. And that, I mean, that's that's literally why we are, are started this podcast is because we want to have these conversations and show people that like, hey, it's it's okay to be going through some struggles. Like we all go through right, it in right. some way. Um, but if we band together and do it together, like we can all, you know, come out, you know, better on the other side. Um, you know, you, you had talked about, and this was definitely one of the topics that we, that we wanted to touch on, but talked about how you've just learned a lot from failure. Right. And right. as hunters, like we mentioned before, you know, we don't have to consider it a failure, but you know, we, we quote unquote fail a lot of times we're going out there. We're right. not getting the results that we want. And so for you, when you fail, quote unquote, fail in the woods and you, there's stumbling blocks, you know, whether it's from a hunting standpoint or I'm sure land management has, has plenty of setbacks and things that you've struggled with <laughs> over the years. Yeah. You know, how, how do you overcome that? How do you just get back up and get back on and keep going uh, when things don't seem to be going your way? Man, uh, Josh hit me with a hard question there. That's a tough <laughs> one. Um, yeah. It's trying to figure out how, how I've dealt with it because, yeah, I mean, I deal with it on a, probably on a daily basis. I mean, I don't even look at them as failures um, necessarily, but they are. I mean, that's what happens when, when you don't achieve what you were going to do. Um, I guess that can be considered a failure, but, you know, it's – it's a learning point, honestly. And yeah, there's a lot from the management aspect as far as you, sometimes it's planting something and it failing and then you're going, you're scratching your head going, okay, what did I do wrong here? Now I've got to replant and I've got to reinvest money in seed and tractor, you know, fuel costs and all that. And it can get frustrating. Um, I don't know. 
I guess it's just my stubbornness, to be honest. Mm. Like, I, I guess my stubbornness and my passion to do it when I'm doing when I'm doing the hunting or I'm doing the land management, even when I'm not achieving my success or failing, whatever you want to call it, there, um, I still would rather be doing that than almost anything else. Yeah. And so that that makes it where it doesn't bother me to redo it. Like if I fail hunting and then I'm going to go, I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to go back in there tomorrow because there's a million other things that I could be doing, um, <laughs> than that. And I'm blessed enough to be, you know, to have that day off to hunt or whatever it may be. And so that's what, uh, gets me back out there going is just knowing that I have a passion for what I'm doing and, um, uh, I'd rather be doing it than something else. So even if I'm failing at it, I want to be doing that. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I was just talking to, uh, our, my buddy, Corey, who, who I co-host this podcast with the other week. And I was making a joke how like, you know, you're walking through the woods, it's in the morning, you're hiking in and like you get smacked in the face, like with a tree. <laughs> right. And it's like, okay, like I, I'm, I'm angry, but right. like I could be like sitting yeah. in an office somewhere doing something else. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm yeah. I'm in the woods hiking doing something that I love to do, like yeah. like okay so what it didn't go my way like I I'm right. I'm out here like I'm doing this this is yeah. what I love to do, um and even in like just little events like that, just having yeah. that quick perspective shift like like look where I am right. like this is awesome yeah. out here right like this is really right. cool what I'm able to do, um I, yeah. I think is really important, um, you know one final topic on this you know, kind of the mental, emotional, spiritual side of, of hunting. And then I do want to quickly touch on a little bit of land management stuff. Um, I don't want to go okay. too long. I know we can really dive into that, but oh. I did I did have one specific yeah. question for you. Um, okay. But before we get into that, uh, I know that we've talked about this and it's been pretty much in about every single question and answer that we've had. But I want to take one final deep dive into the faith aspect of things. Um, you know, you, you have mentioned that multiple times throughout the podcast. And, and for us, that is the biggest driver of not only, you know, our hunting passions and the things that we do, like with this podcast and other things. I mean, that is the biggest driver uh, for me personally in my life in every single thing that I do um, is my yep. faith, my, my faith in Jesus. And that that's what drives everything that I do. So for you, you know, how and I'll just keep this broad and I'll ca- let you kind of just run with it but how okay. do you tie your faith into what you're doing in hunting land management the outdoors etc mm. that's okay so I don't know if I touched on this to start with or not but um yeah so I think I did actually talking about that hunters are sometimes the hardest to reach because you know, they're guys, guys are, you know, the majority guys, there's a lot of girls out there too. Don't get me wrong. I don't mm-hmm. want any, any messages to be like, no, oh, you're good. Too. But, you're... <laughs> um, so, um, you know, like they, they're carrying weapons and, you know, men being men they're they've got like their guard up or they've been presented with, you know, the gospel or whatever at some point in time and they have been wronged, you know? And so, um, you know, with what I I might have mentioned it earlier, but you know, with what we've done, it's you know, it's like God has given us creation to manage and rule over and have dominion. It's Genesis one twenty eight, basically, and 
uh, you know, it's that common ground that I have with people. When I do take people hunting, when I take a youth hunting or a first time, I mean, I've taken adults that were in their upper 30s and taken them for their first time hunting. You know, like it gives me an opportunity to go, you know, I'm not just out here hunting. I'm not just out here managing just because I get kicks and grins out of it. It's <laughs> because like, I, I feel like God's led me to do this, you know, and it, it says in the Bible here that he's given us this creation to subdue it and to manage it and to pass it on. And uh, it gives me a common ground to, to talk with them on out there. Now, as far as the show and stuff, it was always one thing that I didn't want to be overpowering on the show. I didn't want to turn anybody off because I think so many people are turned off um, because they have been presented wrong or they see people that are fake out there. And there's, I'll be real honest, there's fake people out in this industry that proclaim to be a faith-based show. But, you know, in in my perspective, if you're a faith-based show, you, there shouldn't be any cursing on there. You know, you yeah. should be setting a good example for kids. I. Me personally, I'm, I'm not even going to be drinking and stuff on there. It's just uh, because we know how it goes. If someone sees somebody drinking, they don't go, oh, you're just a, you know, yep. you, you like your one beer at night. No, they think you're you're a party dude. Right. And so um, in that, with our show, I didn't want to be over the top. I don't want to cram um, scriptures down people's throat. I don't want to, you know, to be like the only thing. But I really believe it comes through the way that you... Um, live your life and the way that you represent yourself and the way that you interact with other people you know you so many times like i'll have i do get a lot of messages i'll get emails and i'll get messages and stuff from people going man i just love the way that you thank god at the end of your hunts and i love the way that you guys are just a, a clean show and you're respectful and i believe it comes through our actions i believe somebody yeah. can look at somebody and go you know what that's that's a, a man of God or he, you know, he's trying to walk in Christ's footsteps as much. Yeah. We all fail. We all aren't perfect, but um, I think that comes across and that's the way I wanted our show to be. Now, when that happens, you know, because I'm not overly pushy, it does open up a door for, um, you know, just that for us to have a conversation that can naturally flow. I can't tell you probably literally now the thousands of conversations that start with, let me see your buck or they're, they're showing me their deer or whatever the turkey they have killed. And then it leads to where they're at in their walk with faith or mm. if they haven't been. And it's, it always happens. I can't tell you how many, uh, I can, I can see almost every hunt that I go on. Like I hunt with a lot of viewers of a show. Like I don't do really a lot of guided hunts or anything like that. If someone's like, Hey dude, I've got like 400 acres. Come home with me. I'm like, heck yeah, let's go. <laughs> and then while we're sitting there, our natural conversation always goes around like, where's your relationship like with Christ? Or yeah. they ask, why are you so happy? Or why are you successful? And you know, I have to give all the glory to God in that because I really believe that's, that's the reason that's the foundation. And so um, that's how I try to do it on the show. Hopefully it's not overly pushy, but people can see it. And I think it comes across as organic. The guys that I have on my team, you'll hear them, you know, like it's, <laughs> I don't have it scripted for them. I don't tell them like when they kill a deer or turkey, please 90% of the time, make sure you thank God at the <laughs> end of your hunt. Like it's, it's naturally just happens and yep. people can tell when it's real and when it's fake. Yep. I mean, I think that's absolutely the way to do it is to just do it by the way that you live and present yourself, you know, sprinkle right. in things here and there. But those things can come yeah. naturally just because, like, we're so appreciative for what God has done for us. It's naturally yeah. going to come out at some point, right? Like, oh, yeah. I, you can't go and hunt that much without just thanking God for 
you know, different things throughout that journey. And so having a show like you have, like it's naturally going to just come out. And I think that that is such a, a better approach than just, you know, really forcing it onto somebody. Cause that, you know, right. is going to turn people off. Like there's just no doubt about it. So, right. uh, man, I think the approach that you have is great. Um, and, and what you guys are doing is, is the way to do it. You. Um, you know, really is the way to do it. Um, so before we before we wrap up here, um, you know, I had one uh, kind of land management question. I'll, I'll keep it pretty broad, but I'm just curious, kind of your take. So let's say that somebody has their own piece of ground, you know, five to 15, 20 acres, something pretty small. Um, you know, if that was your situation, how would you go about putting a plan together to start to manage that land for wildlife and whitetails? And I, again, I, we don't need to go super yeah, detailed, a... but just kind of give some general, cause I know that's a right. big question, but just to give some general it direction, like you question. who's managed land for a long time, has a background in it, like has a lot of information. Mm-hmm. Where, where would you, you know, get somebody kind of starting in the right direction on the journey to do something like that, to manage a, a small parcel of land? Well, first off, I would tell them, hey, you need to watch the hunting grounds. I got That's a lot right. of tips on there. Let's go. <laughs> uh, Let's go. Uh, yeah, a little plug there. Um, but otherwise, you know what? The, the best thing, the honest thing to do is first put boots on the ground. You've got to walk that property. You've got to know. I don't care if it's even 15 acres. There's a way to strategically manage that 15 acres where you've – You've kind of got everything. So you got to walk, you got to know it, and then you got to find that limiting factor. You should have food, water, shelter. And there's probably going to be a limiting factor or a factor if you're, say, for instance, your neighbors are killing all the deer and you are not because you aren't seeing them on your place. And you've got to figure out what that thing is that they have that you don't, and you've got to implement it on your place. I think by going in and looking and uh, figuring out, like, do I have the best cover for deer. Do I have enough food to hold the deer? Do I have enough water to hold deer? And if you don't, then tackling that first, um, where you have all three of those, that's the biggest thing. Then, then you can micromanage. And I, I, there's a whole lot I can go on to there, but I believe when you have small property, you, you can really micromanage it and you can make that the most dynamite property around. I've, I've done it with every property that I have. And I've got a hundred acres here. I've got a hundred acres that, Per square foot, it is more effective and more explosive, I guess. I don't know how I explain it, than a 1,500-acre track down the road. Because I have every single square foot of this property, you know, at its peak where that 1,500 has pockets, you know, kind of deal. So. That, I would start with that, you know, start with what is your property lacking and then going in there and improve on that one. And then you can, then you can dig deeper. And that's the thing that I love. I love connecting with the land because you have such respect for it. And you, you're, I think your respect and your relationship, even with hunting will even grow through it. Like as you put this time in and you, you do one thing one year and the next year, you're like, okay, what can I do to improve my property this year? And you, you implement two more things. Like it gives you so much excitement like i love it like mm-hmm. if i had to choose between someone said you know you have tomorrow for the rest of your life you can either hunt or you can do land management you can't do both and do one or the other guaranteed i'd just do land management and just watch the deer and turkey even if i couldn't hunt them that's how much i mm-hmm. enjoy it that's so cool and it's so encouraging to hear like how such a small track can really 
yeah have a ton of success on and i've heard that from other people but you know someone yeah. like you who's who's done it right who's been in it who has the experience yeah. you know saying that can really encourage you know a lot of people which is which is really cool that's really cool um well i know we're coming up on time here so i have one final yep. question and it, okay. this is the big question of the podcast i've saved it for the end so i hope you're i hope you're sitting down it's a big one okay so <laughs> Um, you know, obviously we don't really, we know each other, um, but hopefully we can, we can get to know each other. And if we do, you will know that as I go into a hunt and my buddy as well, that's not here tonight, but as we go into hunt, we, you know, the most important thing in that hunt is not the X's and O's of the hunt. It's not where we're hunting, how we're hunting, what we're hunting. The most important thing in that hunt is the snacks that we bring with us on the hunt. (laughs) So my question wow. to you is, what are your go-to snacks when you're out hunting? Because I know everybody has their go-tos. So what are yours? What are some like, gotta have these, gotta have these, etc. What are your go-tos? That's a hard question because they call me the snack master half the time. Sna- uh, well then, here, here we go then. Here we go. This just- is why I had you on. The uh, I would say my go-to 100% is like to go raid the Halloween candy aisle the mm. day after Halloween, mm. and I would say I get in trouble for it because like I I do not bring snacks when I'm bow hunting because I am so scared of the scent affecting mm. my hunt. Now when I'm rifle hunting, that's a whole nother story. I'm bringing the nerds. I like nerds. Don't get me wrong. I, yep. I just like those little boxes of nerds. Like it's a it's a energy pack. Um, and then yep. I also, I, I would say my other go-to would probably be Twizzlers, you know, like oh, the, good the old school Twizzlers. They yep. just last, gives you something to do. Um, and then they say that they're low fat, but by the time you eat a whole package, it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't say a whole pack <laughs> is low fat, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's what you're right. going to go for. That's what you're going to go for. So just to be clear here, when you're bow hunting, no no snacks. I mean, are you taking a drink or, or just you're going nothing? Yeah, I'll I'll take a drink. Um, and it, okay. I, if anything, it's something that I can I can eat in its entirety. And I'll usually do like a granola bar or yeah. one of those almond bars or something. I'll do that. Um, but otherwise, I really try not to because it's pretty hard. If you ever hunted with a cameraman, you have twice the scent, yep. twice the movement, yep. and if we're both snack mastering up there on snacks, it's just it's not going to work. Like so True. somebody's rattling a package or we have two people that have nerd breaths out there and it's going to scare away everything. So That's right. I try not to um, because for one I don't want to have like the cameraman sitting there going and crunching and driving me nuts and so yep. if I if, if I'm going to tell him not to eat, I better not eat as well. That's true. That's true. Well, I mean, that's what turkey, that's what turkey season's for. Turkey season is, oh, is for snacks. That's for snacks. Turkey season I love. Yeah. I mean, who cares? You know, it doesn't that's matter right. if you even smell bad. I love it. I don't even wash my clothes, you know, nope. kind of deal. I love it. That's great. That's great. Well, I think you nailed the last and most important question, but, uh, <laughs> Man, thank you so much for coming on and chatting yeah. with me. Um, you know, I, I really think some of the things that we talked about tonight, you know, on, on a serious note, are, are very important things to talk about. Uh, and I just really appreciate your transparency, your willingness to come on and really share some of your story. Um, you know, I, I can't thank you enough for doing that. Well, I appreciate you guys too. And then I love the aspect that you guys have with this podcast. You know, it's about time to get, you know, to get real out there. You know, so what's going to yeah. take? 
And um, I'm glad you guys are kind of doing that and getting real with people and it not being so surfacy and all just about, you know, the, the, the big buck kind of stories. So yeah. Appreciate yeah. That. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So before we jump off, um, for people that don't know, how do people get in touch with you? How do people follow <laughs> you? All that good stuff. Well, you, simplest thing is look up the hunting grounds, the hunting H U N T I N grounds. And then, uh, so that's on YouTube it's on Facebook, and then when you're looking on Instagram, it's at THGTV. We've got a lot of stuff in the works right now. We're going to be going on MOTV app, so you can look us up there. Um, but we're trying to crank out videos every single week. As we get busier, we crank them out a lot sooner than that, and then you'll find a mix of uh, management videos and and hunt videos. Whatever's in season, whatever we're doing, we're cranking it out there. Very cool, very cool. Well, if you haven't if you haven't uh, followed uh, the Hunting Grounds on Facebook, YouTube, and, and all the other platforms, uh, I don't know what rock you're living under, but you should probably go <laughs> and do that because their content yeah. truly is is awesome, very educational, uh, very you know clean content, which I think is really important, um, but just really, really solid stuff, so be sure to go and follow them. Um, thank you again, Stephen, for hopping on. Really do appreciate it cool and so thank you yeah thank you everybody out there for listening for for checking into this podcast tonight and we will see you guys in the next one thanks for listening be sure to like us on facebook follow us on instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel to stay up to date with everything happening at rooted outdoors